So he helped us define wonders, something uncommon, something unusual. Alright? So what else? How, how did we bring this one? What, what, what does this unusual or common thing mean to me? Because that's um, 
where we started from. And someone else gives us an answer. Okay? We've been looking at the names of Jesus. And the first of those names that Isaiah called him was wonderful. And the question we've been asking ourselves is how does this title, this names, this different personalities of Jesus, how does it affect me? What does it mean to me? Okay? Praise the Lord. I'm happy now. People are following. So let's let's proceed to the next one. So uh, I mean by now you don't need to open to Isaiah chapter 9 verses. I'm ready together for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and he shall be called one wonderful. And cancellor. So that's where we're going to pause for this morning. What to look at cancellor. Alright? As much as time permits us, we're going to uh, see a few things. Now, the cancellor is someone who is trained. Trained to listen. To give advice or counsel. And to provide therapy with ways. Mostly with ways. Did you hear me? A counselor is someone who is there to listen, to give advice or counsel, and to provide therapy, mostly with ways. And it's another definition of a counselor that I saw relating to law. A counselor is another name given to someone who is generally involved in the practice of law. Do you agree with me? So now these are the two definitions of uh, Cancel. We have. So maybe if I proceed, uh, as I always like doing, I will tell a story. I'll tell a story. So one little girl comes home one day and um, matches up to her parents and declares boldly, I know everything. There is nothing you will ask me. I don't know. Uh, maybe she had answered so much questions in school that day that she was uh, very good. See, there's nothing you ask me that I don't know. So the father was amused and decides to test his daughter's newfound progress. And so he asks her, What is trigonometry? And uh, obviously, the child couldn't even pronounce it. Talk more of defining it. But this little girl refusing to be defeated. She says to her father, I refuse to speak on this subject. But you must trust me, I know everything. And with that, she marches to her room. When I saw this story, I I laughed, but I realized that there is a little of this girl in all of us. We live our lives and carry ourselves and move in such a way as to suggest that we know it all until we get into a fix or life poses a challenge and we realize we don't have all the answers. 
I mean, you don't have to take my word for it. You just need to visit one of the social media platforms. And you will see a thousand and one people giving cancer. You know, there is a thousand and one relationship experts on Twitter. They want to tell you how you would run your house. What a man must do, what a woman must do. They know it all. And in theory, some of those things sound very good. But these same people get into a relationship or get into a marriage. And it's one crisis after the other. And suddenly they realize that they never had all the answers. <laughs> you, you just need to get a group of men in a room and bring up a topic on politics. And you will find you must find one or two among them who would give you responses with facts and figures. They know exactly how a government should be wrong. They know exactly what the leaders are not doing right. They know exactly what must be done for Nigeria to become great in two weeks. Have you met people like that? But you suddenly think this person and make him a class right And in a few days, you begin to realize that he never had all the answers. We live our lives in such a way as to suggest like we know it all. We wake up and we confidently step out as if we don't need any cancer. And Jesus was writing to a church like this in Revelation chapter 3, the Laodiceans. And he said to them in Revelation chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, he said to them, You have you have said to yourself that I am rich, I am enriched in goods, and I have need of nothing. But you do not realize something that you are poor, you are miserable, you are naked, you are blind. And he says in verse 18. To buy of me, go, try the fire that you may be rich. I can't sell of you to buy of me white raiment that you may be clothed, and that the shame of your nakedness does not appear. He says, and anoint your eyes with eyesight that you may see. Anoint your eyes with eyes that you may see. Isn't it amazing that there are many people walking around thinking that they can see and God is saying you are blind. Jesus was talking. He said, see, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eyes is sound, your whole body will be full of light. He says, but something, be careful. If the light in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? When I read that verse, it sounded confusing. How can the light in you be darkness? Does that make sense? He says, but if the light in you be darkness, 
How great is that darkness? And by the time God explained it to me, I understood. Because it is easier to teach someone that believes he does not know than to teach someone that believes he knows it. So when I already feel like I have light, I feel like I have no need for cancer. I know it all. I am the embodiment of knowledge. And then you come to me and say, I know someone that is the cancer. Let me introduce him to you. And the question I'm going to ask is, why do I need a cancer? That's one I'm going to try to answer that question in a few minutes. Why do we need, not just the cancer, why do we need Jesus? Ask the cancer. Because what if I am rich? What if I can afford to hire my own personal counselor for $70 million? The best there is. My personal life coach living in my house. What if I can afford that? Why do I still need Jesus as a counselor? I will read it this morning. I will read it to go. I usually advise people, please, come to church with the notes. Come to church with the notes. It, it really helps. Really helps. There's a lot you may not get here as a talk. By the time you get back and you look at your notes again, you begin to see new light of what we just said. Why do I need Jesus as a counselor? Number one. Number one. The source of his cancer is perfect. The source of his cancer is perfect. I will explain. Every cancer has a source of information. Anybody that wants to give you an advice has a source where the information comes from. That is why if you're having a relationship crisis, and you wrote to your friend that reads a lot of news and goods. <laughs> or say words. You know those things, yeah? Don't worry, I read a lot of it. I said, really, child. And you go to this friend and say, ah, this man I want to marry has suddenly stopped talking to me. What will I do? The tendency of your news and good friend person would likely ask you, ah, have you guys had sex? You know, sex has a way of making a relationship stronger. It's a cancer. Am I speaking the truth? The information has a source where it's coming from. You take that same story uh, to maybe this other friend that um, believes so much in demons and know the everything about occultism and um, you know things like that and you can tell him see suddenly the man I want to man stop talking to me and he'll probably ask you ah where are you from and God help you you are from a low state we need to be precise 
He says, I'm from Billy. He says, Ah, don't worry. Seven days drive. It is from your father's house. Every person has a source. And what does the Bible say about Jesus? Hebrews chapter 1, 1 and 2. He says, God, who at sundry times and in various manners has spoken to us, has spoken to our fathers through the prophet, has now in these last days spoken to us by his son. The source of the counsel Jesus gives is God. God speaks to us through his son. So you want to hear what's the heartbeat of God? You need to listen to Jesus. In John chapter 12, from verse 49, Jesus was talking. He says, I do not speak of my own accord. It is whatever the Father commands that I deliver to you. You know, someone made a joke with that. And they said, I can prove to you that Jesus drove a car while he was on earth. I said, eh, is that correct? He said, yes, he drove a car, just that he, he did not like to talk about it. I said, okay. He said, John chapter 12, verse 49. I do not speak of my own accord. So Jesus drove a Honda accord, just that he did not like to talk about it. Praise God. But yes, Jesus never spoke of himself. It was the words of the Father that he delivered. And when he was about to leave in John chapter 17, verse 14, he said, I have given them your word. I have given them your word. And it's important that the source of information is perfect. Because, friends, the only thing that is worse than bad cancer, that is worse than no cancer, is bad cancer. Do you agree with me? And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 11, if I'm right, it says, Where there is no cancer, the people fall alone. But in the multitude of cancers, there is safety. Now, there is a problem where there is no cancer because the people will fall. But there is something worse than no cancer, and that is bad cancer. In 1 Kings chapter 12, Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, was going to take over as the king. And some men of the city came to meet him, and they said to him, Sir, your father was very hard on us. Make his load lighter. And Rehoboam said, Oh, I will not answer you immediately. I, I have learned that in the multitude of cancers there is safety. Let me go and seek cancer. And Rehoboam went to ask the old men of the city, What should I say to this people? And the old men said to him, If you can agree to be a good leader, this man will save you forever. 
And he went to the young men too. He said, multitude of cancerous. Huh? Is it not? He went to the young men. And he said to them, what should I answer these people? And they said to him, if you begin now, eh? you have not even done inauguration already coming with request. If you begin now to answer everything, he said, and get ready for strike. Because once you become king, as we go on strike, level we go on strike, eh? Nepal we go on strike, all of them will want to come and insist on their own request. Is it not? And if you did it for this man, then you must go out. You have to show yourself as a strong king. And it sounded like a good advice to Rebuka. Oh, it's not a good advice. And he took it. And because of that decision, he was supposed to rule over four cities. He ended up with two. The only thing was that no advice is wrong. Because Proverbs chapter 20, verse 8 says something. He says, Every purpose is established by cancer. Every purpose is established by cancer. Every decision you want to make is established by cancer. But you can only make war with gold cancer. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 8. You can only make war, you can only wage war with gold cancer. We see the story of a man in Judges chapter 6 and 7. His name is Gideon. The Midianites had so oppressed the Israelites that when the Bible opens on the story of Gideon, we found him where in the white press threshing wheat. Because the Midianites were used to, once they realized that the Israelites have food, they bring in their animals and destroy the field. So when Gideon harvested his own wheat, he did not want them to know that he had food. And he went into the wine press and was threshing wheat. It was there where he was hiding that the angel of the Lord came to meet him. Gideon had convinced himself that he was a wicked, that he was the least in his father's house, that he could do nothing about the situation. It was a cancer that he gave to himself. But when the angel of the Lord came in and met him that day, he said, let me bring you the cancer of heaven. Oh, thou mighty man of God. And Gideon said, ah, do you know who you are talking to? I am the least in my father's house. I am of no significance. I am, I am incapable of challenging the Midianites. And yet you say, see, that is the cancer you've given yourself. I am here to bring the cancer of the Lord. You are a mighty man. Of valor, and he had a go in this thy might. Gideon did not have any special anointing service, there was nothing special that was done for Gideon, it was just a cancer he had. Something changed his mentality from the mentality of someone that you have to the mentality of someone that can win a war. And he just said, Go in this thy might. And Gideon stepped out with that cancer. And he won the battle over the Midianites. Neymar traveled all the way from Syria to meet Elijah. I have leprosy. I need a cure. And the prophet refused to come outside to see him. He said, somebody, go and tell that man 
You see that river Jordan, jump inside it like a fish, bath and come out. And Naaman was very angry. And he said, Are not the rivers of Damascus, Abna and Fafa, are they not better than the river Jordan? He said, May I not bath in it and be clean? And that what he had someone that gave him a good cancer. The man said to him, Very simple question. If this prophet had asked you to do something great, would you not have done it? Please. Go and take your bath. If that is the only thing he said you should do, take your bath. It was good. With good cancer, you can make more. I'm happy on this point because there are some people that the devil had convinced that you are a weakling, that you are a sinner. Eh? That that addiction you cannot get out of it. I mean, you've tried a lot of times. It's not like you're not attempted. And over time, he has convinced you that you cannot come out from this one. That this poverty thing is in your family. This sickness thing is in the family. You cannot come out of it. It's a cancer from the devil. This morning, I want to bring you the cancer of heaven. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are a mighty man of God. With good cancer, with what? Why do I need Jesus as the cancer? Well, still in point number one. Oh, we need to finish this this morning. Why do I need Jesus as the cancer? So the first thing we say that the source of his cancer is perfect. And the second thing is that he establishes the cancer of God. Let me explain. Jesus does not just relay the cancer of God. He brings to pass the cancer of God because he is the cancer of God. Wait, wait. That one is confusing. Huh? Let's put it this way. Jesus does not just tell us the words of God. He is able to make the word of God effective in your life because he is the word of God. Is that clear? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen. It was two points Apostle Paul was trying to make. All the promises of God in him are yes. Eh? You are the head and not the tail. Mm -hmm. You are the first and not the last. <clears throat> you shall not die. You will live to declare the goodness of God. Okay. We've heard all of that, yeah? Eh? What else? What else? What else did God promise you? You are above and not beneath. Yes. Uh -huh. What else? This one is not included the promises of God. Uh, how would you now make war when you don't even know his cancer? Yes. What else did God say? By his stripes you are healed. Mm -hmm. Oh, I and my children, we are for sights and wonders. I love that my mom says that alone. Yes. These are the promises of God. 
And in Jesus, they are yes, but it does not end there. It says, in him, they are amen. What does amen mean? Amen means it is done. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him. Amen. So he establishes the counsel of God. You know, there is the tendency, the natural tendency of man to doubt promises when it is just words. Do you know that? Probably because we are so used to people that have broken their promises. I mean, we, we, we met a lot of politicians that promised to make Naira equal to the dollar, one Naira equal to the dollar, and a lot of other things. And obviously, we are seeing how it is going. Uh, you've probably been in certain relationships where someone has promised you, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and it does not even last a month. Uh, I mean, in business, in families, we, we, we probably grew up seeing those uncles that were always promised to buy you bicycle. I don't know why it's always bicycle. And in five years, you've not seen one spoke of the bicycle wheel. And so it becomes easy to doubt things when they are just words. And that is why when God says his word, he backs it up to decide to show that I can perform this word. John had stayed in the prison for a while. And suddenly he looked at the seven, he sent his disciples, two of his disciples to Jesus. John was the same man that was preaching about the Messiah. He did not just know, he had told people about the Messiah. But over time, as he stayed in prison, he began to doubt. It's natural. And he sent men to Jesus and asked him, Are you the Messiah? Or should we wait for another? Jesus would have simply replied, I am the Messiah. But what, which other word do you want to speak to a man who had been the custodian of the world? And what Jesus did, the Bible said that in that very same hour, he turned and began to heal the sick. He began to open blind eyes. He began to prophesy deliverance to the captives. And when he was done, he talked to the disciples of John and said to him, said to them, go back and tell him the things, not the things you have heard, but the things you have seen. Jesus is the evidence of God that he will perform his words in your life. God had made so many promises and then he did not just end there. He gave flesh, body, legs and hands to his words. And said, come down and show the example of what my word can do. And when Jesus came, he revealed to us the things the Father can do. But he did not just stop there. He showed us the ultimate love by going to die. And Romans chapter 8 verse 32 Paul asked the question. He said, Can, if he that did not withhold his son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not with him give us everything freely? Can someone say freely? If God did not withhold Jesus, but allowed him to die, 
What has convinced you that he promised that he will live a long life and he will not do it? If God did not stop Jesus from being killed, why do you think eh, that finances will be a challenge for you? Do you think your finances is too much for him to handle? Do you think that sickness is too much for him to handle? As I'm speaking now, I, I'm, I'm getting a lot of information in my head. But there's someone here. You know someone that is terminally ill. You know someone that is terminally ill. I'd love to pray for that person. There is nothing he cannot do. That's wrong. Oh, why do I need Jesus? And cancel. We're going to have to skip some things so that we can make time. Why do I, I really don't want to push cancel beyond this morning service? Second service, we're going to be looking at the mighty God. So I'm, I'm going to try and finish everything and cancel here. Why do I need Jesus as the cancel? Ah, his words are the only ones that can produce life. There are many counselors out there and they will say a lot of things. And sometimes the words can be comforting. Yes. Sometimes when you talk to a counselor, you will be relieved. Some of them can even go as far as bringing healing to you through words. Am I right? But there is only one person that can bring life. He was talking. He says the flesh profited not of John chapter 8. It is the spirit that gives life. He says the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And John says about him in John chapter 1, 4 and 5, that in him was life, and the life was the light of men. He took that life and he began to distribute it to men. Ah, if you have been a counselor, you will realize there are many times people would come with their challenges and you have no answer for them. The purpose am I wrong? There are many times someone is telling you, you know, there is nothing I can say that will solve this one's problem. Someone is asking you, why would God take my three-year-old child? Why would God allow me to go through this kind of pain? And what do you want to start saying? The Lord gives, the Lord takes, glory be to his name. They will stone you. You go to a burial ceremony huh? where someone, the breadwinner of the family, just died. The only person that works in the entire family, he has been providing money and he just died. And they call you, you are a pastor. Come and minister words of encouragement. And you begin to say, well, everything God does is perfect. The Lord gives and the Lord takes. Ah, I pray there are not violent people in that village. There are times when there is no answer to the question men would ask you. 
When there are no words you can put together, no words can come together to form an answer to that question. But at times like that, the answer is a person. The answer is Jesus. Jesus, remember, is the one that establishes the counsel of God. Ah, I may not be able to explain to you why or how this happened. But listen, I don't even have any word to give you, but I have an answer that I can introduce to you. You see, one thing I know about this answer is that the Bible said he went through so much pain as you are going through right now. For we have not an high priest who is untouched by the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are. In all points he went through what you are going through right now. But I have something glorious to announce to you. It did not end here. He even went through death, but it did not end here. He came out victorious. I may not be able to explain to you why this person died. But I promise you, if you can walk with the answer, one thing I can assure you is that whatever you are going through right now, you will come out victorious. Is that a better response? So please, next time, don't tell people the Lord gives and the Lord takes. God does not have pleasure in taking little children, please. Is someone following me this morning? When there is no answer, Jesus is the answer. Let's go. Why do I need the cancel? Ah. I love this one. I need him because he listens. And he knows even more than I see. He listens. And he knows even more than I say. Now pay attention. One skill every counselor cannot joke with. If you want to be successful as a counselor, it is the skill of listening. Am I correct? You must have that skill more than you have the skill of speaking as a counselor. Because most times, people don't say what the real issue is when they come for cancer. I'm telling you from experience, I've, I've had the opportunity to cancel a lot of people. I said that's a youth pastor for a long time. Most times, people don't say what the real issue is. Pastor, someone walks into your office, he's angry, and my husband, he refused to open the car door for me. Even when I wanted to open the boot, he refused to open the boot. Today, I wanted to open the bonnet, he refused to open the bonnet. See, I am tired of this marriage, I am leaving. That problem has nothing to do with the car. It's not car. Right. <laughs> Tell her to bring her husband next week. We hit any problem. Please go. One of my children those days came into my office one day in the afternoon. And she began to complain. Ah, I'm tired of school. See, in paper, this lecture, assignment, these people want to kill us. Blah, 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 blah. She kept talking. I did not answer. I was looking at her. See, I, in fact, I, I feel like going home. 
I'm not doing anything. You keep saying all those things. I went and talked to a wife. I called her. I said, Priscilla, have you eaten today? She said, No. Even yesterday, she said, In fact, I'm tired of this school. I said, Wait, hold on. Come, let us go and get lunch. And we went and bought food. And when we are done eating, as we are walking back, he said, God, I feel so relieved talking to someone. I feel so relieved. <laughs> it was not the talk that was her problem. The next day, she came with her younger sister. And I didn't allow them to talk much. And they came, ah, father, we get this, okay, no problem. Have you eaten? Let us go and take lunch. And we all went to eat. And as we are coming back again, they were, you know, they were excited. Ah, Father, anytime I come and see you, ah, I'm happy. It's not true. It's not true. You know what is doing you. Praise God. There are many times, even as believers, that you come to the place. How many times have you gone on your knees to pray? And you burst out crying. And after you have cried for like 20 minutes, you say, hey, in Jesus' name, I have prayed. And the amazing thing is that he understands. Even when you're excited, God has done so many wonderful things to you. You don't even know how to thank him. You want to joyfully say, well, the, the best you can do is thank you, Jesus. And that is why that songwriter begins to write. He says, how can I describe the love that is on the scrabble? How do I begin to explain a love that no language has the vocabulary for? He says, I am at a loss for words. And then my heart begins to say, oh, 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 oh. My heart oh, Let's sing for a while. Oh, my heart sings. Can you sing this morning like you understand? Sing, Amazing that he understands what you are saying. Isn't it amazing that he can hear you? As we say, oh, 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 Romans chapter 8 He says And the spirit helps us In our infirmities For we do not know what to pray But it is the spirit that maketh intercession for us With groanings that cannot be uttered And in 27 he says He that searches the heart he that searches the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for us. I get close to you right now. 
I came close to you right now. I just felt like something is struggling you. I don't know what it is. I will not tell you what God has not told you. I just felt like there's something struggling you. I'm not going to ask you anything, don't worry. But what I want to tell you, I want to bring the cancer of God to you. There is nothing in that one soul. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That's what I want to make you with. There is nothing Jesus that wants to do. you like it? If you don't understand, we can speak about ourselves. Okay. My heart says so. Please, you might need to stand up so I can conclude. Time is already over. I still have a lot to sing. Sing oh, 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 oh. Now me, he offend. 
I don't forgive her. Do you know he does not need to argue with the devil? Because when the person you offended does not lay any charge, no one else has a right. Paul will ask in Romans chapter 8, verse 23, Who shall lay a charge? Who shall lay a charge to the elect of God? There is no one else that has the right to lay a charge against you. When Jesus is your defense attorney, there is no case you can lose. But you are my strength when I am you. You are the
Neutralize the effect of wrong cancer in my life. Neutralize the effect of wrong cancer in my life. Neutralize the effect of wrong cancer in my life. Neutralize the effect of wrong cancer in my life. Neutralize Listen, the angels of the Lord are here this morning. Please pray for yourself. I cannot pray for everybody, but I'm seeing your cases and I'm handling them in the spirit. So pray for yourself. The effects of wrong cancer over the years. I have gone into a fearful person because I've spent a lot of time convincing myself that I'm not good enough. Lord, by reason of the cancer of Jesus. Neutralize the effect of wrong cancer in my life. Please, those of us in front, can we go down on our knees? Let's pray to God. I don't know if it is you or if it's someone here, but I have a word very clear. It says, What your hand has found to do, do it with all your might. Now, there is someone here you have already found. I'm talking to the people in the front now. You have already found what to do, but you are confused. You are unsure. I have the word for you. It says that thing. Do it with all your might. Oh, I don't know, I'm, I'm praying for, for something else, but I'm seeing your family. God wants to fix something. God wants to fix something. You know, there is a joy that the Lord is coming from you. There is a joy that the Lord is coming from you. In the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, I pray for direction. Twenty twenty one. This one will not be in confusion. Oh Father, you have blessed the works of our hands. The works of our hands are blessed. Father, I pray for this one. Everything you touch, the same will prosper. There are many doors that have been closed to you before now. You've gone to meet a lot of people and have said no to you. You've gone to meet that there's something you've been trying to push 
and if he's saying no to you, no, 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 we don't need this right now. There's no money right now. Every door that has been closed before now, I command you to bust the door in the name of Jesus. I command them to bust the bull in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, I pray for open doors. 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 No opportunities. I call for opportunities. Opportunities. There are lots of opportunities you have missed in your life. There are lots of opportunities you have missed in your life. I call them back for you. I call them back for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, can we say praise God?